You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. Since January, we have been on the, this new series called Pathway Series. We're quite into the series where we are looking into the mission, the vision, and also some of the core values of our ministry. And we're not just doing this, to, uh, doing this for fun, but we are hoping that you would understand where we are heading as a body, and hopefully that you'll be on board as well. We said that our mission is to know God and enjoy Him. And hopefully, if we can carry out this mission, we will reach to this vision where we can rescue, reclaim, and revive a broken and lost world for the sake of God's kingdom. And in order to do this, there's some things that we need to treasure, some core values that we need to hold on to. And the first one is this. We value the truthfulness, the trustworthiness, and the authority of Scripture. We also value the biblical teaching and preaching of the Word of God. We value um, a vibrant prayer life. We also value evangelism, sharing the gospel. And last week, we looked at how important worship is, how we value spirit-filled, gospel-driven worship, which brings us to our next core value, which is this. We value discipleship and spiritual growth. Can we say that all together? Ready, go. So what is discipleship? Now, that's a word that we use a lot. We have discipleship classes, courses. Some mission organizations actually have schools for discipleship. A lot of authors write on the topic of discipleship. So it's a word that we are very familiar with. We use the word discipleship a lot. But the definition of discipleship from dictionary it says this. It's a follower. A disciple is a follower or a student. So when we say that we are a disciple, we are basically saying that we are a follower or a student of Jesus Christ. But what exactly does that mean? What does it look like to follow Jesus Christ? You know, if you have social media, if you're on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you know what following is all about, right? There's this button which you can click, and with that you can follow a page or a person that you like. You know, you can see exclusive content that other people cannot see. You know, you have access to their videos and their photos and their posts. You have all this useful information that's made available to you. And the best part about all of this is that it doesn't cost you a dime, right? It doesn't cost you a dime. We follow something. Is that what it means to follow Jesus? Actually, it kind of looks that way. If we come to church, we have access to exclusive information, right? We learn about the Bible. We learn about Jesus. We get weekly updates about our Lord and Savior. And the best part about this is that it doesn't really cost us much. Yeah, I understand that sometimes you're pressured when the offering basket is passing by. You can be pressured, but no one's going to grab you after surf and say, hey, you didn't pay your membership fee today. Hey, you're not welcome if you didn't pay. No, we, we don't charge anything. But is this, what, is this the picture that we get 
when we follow Jesus. You know, no cost, no commitment. Just receiving helpful and useful information. Is that what it means to follow Jesus? Or maybe perhaps some of you uh, treat discipleship or following Jesus like an advanced Christian course. You know, there is this regular course for average Christians, and then there's this AP honors course, this advanced course for extreme Christians, right? There is regular Christians, and then there's the, those select few that are kind of extreme with their faith, right? That's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. There are different levels within Christianity. Is that true? Being a disciple, does that mean you're enrolled in an advanced course of the Christian life? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? In Luke 9, Jesus is hitting the peak of his ministry. No, he is pretty famous at this point. People are chanting his name. They are in awe of, of his teaching and his preaching. He is drawing people to him. And he hits the peak of his ministry when he feeds 5,000 people plus with two fish and five loaves of bread. Now, everyone is in awe of Jesus. And next thing that happens is quite interesting. Jesus draws away from the crowd. He, he's alone and he begins to pray. And soon the disciples come along. And then Jesus asks a very important question. He asks this to the 12, 12 disciples. He says, who does the crowd say I am? Now some answer, you know, people say that you're John the Baptist. People say that you're Elijah. And then Peter raises his hand and he says, Jesus, you are the Christ of God. In Matthew, it says, Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. In Luke, we say that Peter simply says, you are the Christ of God. For the very first time, a disciple of Jesus acknowledges that Jesus is the Christ. By the way, Christ is not Jesus' last name. No, Christ is a Greek, uh, uh, so it's, it's a Greek trans, transliteration for the Hebrew word Messiah. So it means anointed one, the promised deliverer, the one who is promised throughout the Old Testament. And finally, the disciples are seeing that, yeah, this, Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And for the very first time in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus begins to talk about his death, his road to the cross. See, he is the one who could save them from all their problems. You know, and yet, the very next message is that I'm going to die. You know, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to die, and in three days, I'm going to rise again. You know, he sends this message that he's going to go through suffering and death. And that's why today's message is shocking. Because in verse 24, it says this. Not only am I going to die, but he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now today we get a very clear picture of what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. But we're going to see, before we can dive into the passage, we're going to see that discipleship is not just a calling for the select few. It's a calling for every Christian. Now, there is no distinction between a disciple and a Christian. Notice that at this point, Jesus is not talking just to the 12 disciples. He says to all. So probably the crowd is now back up with Jesus. And Jesus says 
to everyone who is listening, if anyone would come after me, take up your cross. A Christian is not an advanced believer. A Christian is a disciple. You can't separate the two. It says in Acts 11, verse 26, for a whole year they met with the church. Now, uh, Paul and Barnabas, uh, they're at the Antioch church, and they taught and, greet, uh, and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So the first Christians in Antioch were called disciples. So we have to kind of break that mindset of a disciple being an advanced Christian. A Christian is a disciple, and a disciple is a Christian. In verse 23, it's pretty clear that Jesus is talking to everyone. The invitation of discipleship is open to everyone. Now, extending the invitation to discipleship, Jesus gives us the definition of discipleship in verse 23. He says this. If you can follow along in your Bible, it says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So three clear commands. First, deny. Second, take up. And three, follow me. So in order to follow Jesus, we must first deny. That's number one. Discipleship begins with self-denial. It says in verse 24, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. In order to follow Jesus, you have to abandon yourself. You know, you have to let go of the personal control you have over your life. You know, if you think about Peter, who was a fisherman, he didn't follow Jesus. When Jesus said, follow, follow me, Peter, he didn't follow Jesus with a fishnet. No, Levi didn't follow Jesus. He was a tax collector. He didn't follow Jesus with a calculator. When Jesus says, follow me, he means leave everything behind. Deny yourself. Everything about your past, deny it. When people in the gospel followed Jesus, they left their jobs, their families, their lifestyle, everything behind. Their way of thinking, their values, their desires, their family, friends, their treasures in life. They left everything behind if you want to follow Jesus, you can't hold on to the precious things that you have in life. You have to let it go. Every little thing about you, you have to deny. You know, we need to leave everything about our old self behind. In order to follow Jesus, we must deny ourselves. In order to follow Jesus, one must die. It doesn't stop by denying. It ends with dying. If you deny oneself, you know, that already sounds a little bit extreme, but Jesus is saying, well, you deny yourself to the point of death. Jesus says, you need to take up your cross daily. And I want you to think about this. In first century Judea, the cross was not this beautiful symbol that we are, are kind of used to in our culture. The cross was a way of execution. So people didn't have cross necklaces. They didn't have tattoos on their arms with a beautiful cross. No, this was something that was horrible. It was something, it was kind of like you, you'd have an uh, execution chair in, on your necklace. That's kind of the idea. The cross was an instrument of execution for the worst criminals that the Roman government had. No, the cross was made up of two logs. There's a horizontal log and there's a vertical log. And when someone was put into a death sentence and he was going through crucifixion, he wouldn't just be nailed to the cross, but he would have to take the horizontal log. He would have to walk all the way to the site of crucifixion. 
through, through the villages when people are looking, and you kind of see this picture in the Passion of the Christ, right? And then he has to bring that law all the way to the site of crucifixion. Why? So that people will know that that person is a criminal. No, in the first century, if you saw someone walking along the road with a cross on their back, the idea is that that person is, is as good as dead. When Jesus says, take up your cross, he's basically saying, you should be as good as dead. Although that person is still living, that person is still taking, up, taking his cross, that person is not really alive because that person is soon going to be dead. That person is as good as dead. This denial that we are supposed to do is not just a one-time thing. It's something that we do every single day. It says, take up your cross daily. Discipleship is about denying yourself every single day to the point that there is nothing about your old self, about your flesh left in you. And at this point, you might be thinking, you know, I tried that before. And Pastor James, I, I tried before. I tried, you know, giving up corruptive talk. I tried giving up my desire to seek after money. I tried giving up pride. I tried giving up jealousy, laziness. I tried, I tried to lay that, lay that down at the feet of the cross. You know, I tried giving up drugs, maybe alcohol, other substances. I tried laying down pornography or lustful thoughts. Many of us, you know, we tried before. And we can try for a couple of days, but what happens after a couple of days if you try? While your old self comes back and you feel defeated, and before you know it, you are falling back into that old pattern of sin, and you wonder why. Why is there no spiritual growth in my life? Why is it so difficult to follow Jesus? No, if this is you, you need to understand that denying and dying is only part of the equation. It's not all that there is. You if discipleship was simply about denying, denying yourself, if, if it was simply about letting go, then Elsa in Frozen would probably be the best disciple, right? When she's crying out, let it go, let it go. Christian, the Christian life is not just about letting it go. Here's the last part of the equation. You embrace the life of Christ. You know, in order to follow Jesus, we must embrace the life of of Christ, The reason why we need to deny ourselves, the reason why we need to die to ourselves to the point of death, the reason why we, although we are living, we are as good as dead to our self, old, old self, is so that we can embrace the life of Jesus Christ. You know, being a follower of Jesus doesn't, uh, means that you are imitating the lifestyle of Christ. You imitate the lifestyle that he lived on this earth. Throughout scripture, we see that Jesus lived a perfect life. And there's a calling for us to follow Jesus. In 1 John 2, 6, it says we ought to walk like Christ. John 14, 12, it says we ought to act like Christ. Philippians 2, 5, it says we ought to think like Christ. Ephesians 5, 2 says we ought to love like Christ. Philippians 1, 21, Paul says, For to me, to live as is Christ. Basically, our life is not our own life. It's no longer I who lives in me, but it's Christ who lives in us. That is the picture of a disciple of Jesus Christ. God wants us to imitate him, follow his footsteps. But wait, hold on a second. You might question, isn't Jesus God? I mean, it's a different game 
And he was able to use his superpowers, right? It's basically like he's like Superman living on the planet. And you're, and you're expecting a lot from us, God. You know, you're expecting us to follow the perfect example of Jesus. You know, Hebrews 4.15 tells us that Jesus was fully man. That he was tempted in every way, yet he did not sin. You see, although Jesus was fully God, Philippians chapter 2 says that he laid down his divine nature to the point of death. He humbled himself and became one of us. During his life, his ministry on earth, Jesus, just like us, was dependent on God's word. When he was tempted by Satan, he didn't use some divine powers to, to defeat Satan. He used the word of God. He constantly seek the Lord in prayer, just like we should do. No, he was dependent on the presence of God. The resources that Jesus had on this life are the same resources that you and I have today. See, we have no excuse. Jesus modeled the perfect Christian life and with us through the empowering of the Holy Spirit with a new life that is given to us through Jesus Christ. We can live this lifestyle of total dependency. Jesus demonstrated the life not by divine power, by being totally dependent on the Father. And he is calling us to do the same. Following Jesus, by the way, it costs a lot. You know, this is kind of extreme, right? In order to follow Jesus, we must deny and die, and we must embrace the life of Christ. That is a pretty hard calling. The invitation is open to everyone, but the cost is definitely there. And here's the main idea I want to communicate today. Following Christ is costly, but it is definitely worth the cost. Following Jesus Christ is costly, but it is definitely worth the cost. While the path to follow Jesus is difficult and hard, it is worth the cost. And here's what you get from following Jesus. Here's the reward. Number one, when you follow Jesus, you receive life. It says in verse 24 in today's passage, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does, oh, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose or forfeits himself? You know, this is why discipleship is essential. It's not optional. You know, Jesus is not talking about discipleship as being an option for Christians. It is a life and death situation. And the irony here is that those who refuse to let go of their own life, you know, those who try to preserve their own life later on will actually lose their life. The cost of following Christ is pretty, pretty big, but the cost that you pay not following Christ is even greater. Do you guys understand that? At first, it seems like investing into this world, investing in the lifestyle of this world is a great investment. Right? If you don't follow Christ, you have so much time, you have so much money, so much to do. You can enjoy all the provision, power, and property that this world has to offer. There's a lot to enjoy, by the way, in this world. It seems like there are better ways to use your time. It seems like there are better ways to, better things to buy and invest in this world. There seems like there are better goals to have. It seems like there are better relationships to pursue. But hear me. The choices and decisions that you make, a lot of us, we don't make it out of random. We calculate the cost, right? And if it's worth the cost, if it's worth the benefit, we make choices. 
even though those choices are hard. If you choose to follow Christ, you will lose your life. It's not you might. You will lose your life. But here's the thing. You will, you will gain Jesus Christ. You know, you will gain the life that is offered in him. What Christ is saying right now is initially it seems like you're losing. At the end, you will come out victorious. If you invest in this life, sooner or later, you will go bankrupt. You will lose everything. Following Jesus is costly, but it is definitely worth the cost. When you follow Jesus, you will receive life. And here's the next thing. When you follow Jesus, you will receive the approval of God. Now, it says in verse 26, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. If you choose to follow Jesus, chances are people are not going to like you. Your boss is not going to like you when you are taking Sundays off. Your friends are not going to like you when you say, oh, man, I got to go to church today. You know, your clients are not going to like you if you are making choices or decisions uh, based off of integrity rather than profit. Your unbelieving friends, your neighbors, everyone is going to hate you. And that's exactly what Christ said to us. But if you choose to follow Christ, the world might not approve you, but God will. You will receive the Father's approval. But if you just live a quiet life, if you kind of try to hide that you are a Christian, that you're ashamed, you are worried that people will find out that you are following Christ, the text says that Jesus, when he returns, the Son of Man, he will be ashamed of you when he returns. See, the way you respond to Christ right now is, is going to reflect the way that God responds to you later on. Only those who walk the pathway of discipleship receive the Father's approval for salvation. And here's why. Because only those who follow Christ deny themselves. So when they stand in front of the judgment seat of God, what God sees is not the sinful being. What God sees is not this messed up being. What God sees is the righteousness of Christ covering this person. If you don't understand this concept of self-denial and receiving the righteousness of Christ, you are in big trouble in front of the judgment seat of God. But if you understand this, if you understand that you can gain the life of Christ by believing and committing and submitting to his lordship, the Father will approve you. Christ will approve you when he returns. When you follow Christ, you receive life. When you follow Christ, you receive God's approval. The invitation to follow Jesus is open to everyone. It wasn't open just to the 12. Anyone who follows me. So how can we embrace this calling and the cost of discipleship as a church, as a body? No, individually, obviously, we can make commitments that we have to deny. We have to, there are certain things that we have to die to ourselves. We need to embrace the life of Christ. But secondly, we need to learn and study the life of Jesus. In order to follow Jesus, we have to understand what he did on this earth. You know, there are two ways I think we can really grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. First, uh, we have to encounter the word 
of God, not only through daily devotions or daily reading of the scriptures, but we have to expose ourselves to the teaching and preaching of the word of God. Do you guys see from now on, everything's kind of connected, right? This is why we embrace the teaching and preaching of the word of God. You know, we have to grow in our knowledge of Jesus so that we can follow Jesus as his students. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 says, Be imitators of me as I am Christ. So the next thing that we see is Paul basically says that be imitators of me just like I imitate Christ. The next thing that we can do in order to grow in our knowledge of Jesus is looking at people that went before us. Looking at people who are strong in their faith. Looking at people who have lived the faithful life. Take advantage of people Older Christians, you no know, more mature Christians, take advantage of them. Seek for mentorship. Go to discipleship and get plugged in with your members and learn from their life. You don't have to learn everything about them, but learn how they follow Jesus. Connect with your pastors and ask questions. Connect with solid members and just ask, how do you follow Christ? You know, I'm struggling with my prayer life. How do you pray? You know, I'm struggling to read the Bible. You know, what are some tips that you can give me? You know, we have to be committed to one another. We have to seek for examples. Just like Paul was an example for many Christians, we have to look for those who can lead us into this lifestyle of following Jesus Christ. And lastly, after being discipled by the word, by more mature Christians, we have to make disciples. The best way of learning is actually teaching. When you disciple others, you are forced to grow. You know, when I teach the youth students, when I conduct a class, I am forced to learn. You know, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of my students, right? So I am forced to learn. That's why our youth teachers, they come out 7.30 a.m. Every, every Saturday to learn the Word of God. And they study more uh, than they actually teach. They study for an hour and a half. And when they go to their classrooms, maybe they, they teach for 15 minutes. Why? Well, so that they can be equipped, fully trained to teach the word of God. When you make disciples, not only is it benefiting someone else, it's actually benefiting you. You you are growing spiritually. There are so many people that you can disciple. If you are a parent, disciple your children. No, if you are you, if you are single, maybe, or if you don't have kids, there are many kids that, are, that our church has that are looking for mentors, that are looking for people that, that can pour into their lives. So maybe you, you want to get plugged in with a children's ministry. Maybe you want to get plugged in with a youth ministry. Maybe you want to be part of the college ministry so that you can really pour into people's lives. You know, find younger men and women within the ministry that you can invest in. When you do so, not only will you grow, the other person will grow into knowledge of Jesus Christ. A Christian is a disciple. The discipleship is about denying and dying to your old self in order to embrace the life of Christ. It's definitely a very costly thing. But what Jesus promises is that it's worth the cost. It's difficult. It's hard. It's worth the cost. You know, many people think that missionaries are kind of great. I, I, I love missionaries, right? When we hear the news and people dying in the mission field or dying for their faith, we are so surprised. You know, how can someone die for their faith? And I kind of thought about this. You know, if you think about it, dying for Jesus isn't that hard. 
You go to places like Saudi Arabia, you sneak into North Korea, and you say, I love Jesus. You know, I, I believe that he's the Lord and my Lord and Savior. You know, I don't believe in what you believe. Just like a second, you're going to be dead, right? If you go to ISIS and you say, you know what? You know, I love Jesus. You can die easily. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to belittle this thing. I'm trying to make points here. I think living for Christ is more difficult than dying for Christ. You know why? Because when you live for Christ, you die every single day. Living for Christ is not easy. It's a self-denial. It's a self, uh, you're dying to yourself every single day. The Christian life is not an easy life. It's difficult. It is the narrow road. But get this, when you embrace the life of Christ, even though it is costly, there is a great reward. You'll receive eternal life and the life that's made available in Jesus Christ, and then you will earn the approval of God. Follow Jesus. Be discipled and make disciples. And when you follow him, you will grow spiritually. The question is not how. The question is who. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. this time, let's just take some time to reflect on the message. Are you a follower? Are you a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Are you following Jesus every single day in such a way where you are denying yourself, you are battling your flesh to the point of death in order to embrace Jesus Christ? We have to fight the good fight. We can't be on cruise control when we follow Jesus. There is hardships. There is persecution along the way. You will be, you will be um, ashamed in this world. But you will receive approval of God. I'm telling you, this is the best investment that you can make in this world. You know, if your friend tells you that, you know, I have a great stock that you can buy and you, you have inside information and you know for sure that that stock is going to double up would you not make the cost and invest everything that you have well, I'm telling you this is better than any stock investment that you can make you have to go all in but you will receive something far more greater so are you willing to follow Jesus no matter what it's going to cost you in what areas of your life do you need to die to yourself in what areas of your life do you need to deny your old self? What areas of your life do you need to imitate Jesus Christ? And maybe for some of you that you're kind of, you don't even know if you, this is something that you want to commit to. You don't even know who Jesus is. I'm telling you, he is worth following. So we would love to talk to you afterwards if you can just grab one of the pastors. If you never committed or submitted to the Lordship of Christ, we would love to talk to you afterwards. But at this time, let's simply respond to his message and be followers of Jesus Christ. Let's pray.